Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee faithfully served the Lord for more than seven decades, co-laboring with Watchman Nee in China in the first half of the 20th century, before continuing his ministry in Taiwan, later in America, and eventually over the entire earth. He spoke these weekly Life Study messages before thousands of people, and much of his speaking has been published as over 400 titles. These life studies are perhaps his most significant work, taking 21 years for him to complete, and we're happy today to be able to bring you selected portions from those messages. If you'd like to find out more about his ministry, about the life studies themselves, and Living Stream Ministry, please visit our website, lsm.org. Now let's join today's program. The New Testament book of 1 Peter in chapter 2 gives us some marvelous and very experiential expressions concerning our relationship with Christ. In verses 24 and 25, we see him not just as our Redeemer, but also as the shepherd and overseer of our souls. What does it mean that Christ is our shepherd and overseer? Well, to understand these aspects of Christ, we should go back to verse 12 in the same chapter and see that this is Christ in his loving care for his people, even as he comes to inquire of them in the day of his visitation. Sweet portion. Matt Miller is here to enjoy it with us. And Matt, I like these verses. Chris, I really like them too. And I was thinking as you were sharing and saying how this is a sweet portion, I thought this is going to be a great life study today, a great program. And and I'm laughing inside because someone commented to me uh, jokingly uh, recently. They said, you say every program is a great program, that we're really in for a good one today. Well, I feel the same way again today, Chris. I think this is going to be a great program. The listeners, I hope they really stay with us. Well, it certainly will be, Matt, if we have uh, his visitation. And that's what we seek every time we come together. And we hope that our listeners enjoy and experience him in his loving visitation today. Matt, we're in chapter two, as I pointed out. A lot in this chapter, we want to focus on a few things. And we're going to connect verse 12 with verses 24 and 25 in the program today. In verse 12, let me read the whole verse, and uh, we'll kind of just set up a portion we're about to hear from Witness Lee. It says, "...having your manner of life excellent among the Gentiles, so that in the matter concerning which they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works, as they see them with their own eyes, glorify God in the day of his visitation." We're going to focus on the last part of this in Witness Lee's sharing, but put the whole verse in context for us. You know, Chris, there's two different schools of thought in this understanding of this verse, and some people refer to the day of Christ's visitation as a judgment, Mm -hmm. that Christ is coming to judge. But the other school of thought, and the one that we're with today, is that it's not a judgment. Christ isn't coming to judge us here. He's coming in a caring way a shepherding way, as an overseer. He's coming and visiting us in a very sweet way to care for us. And that's why, as you said, we hope that this will be a visitation of the Lord, even in this radio program. And as people are listening, wherever they are, our prayer is that the Lord would visit them in a sweet way, not visit them in a judging way. That's not what the Lord means here. Right. And I like Peter's uh, reference here, even that the opposing ones, which is who he's talking about, these evildoers who are speaking 
evil things concerning God's people, they, in a sense, get uh, won over or neutralized, inwardly experience a kind of a change where they begin to glorify God because they're witnessing God's visitation, this kind of loving visitation in the midst of his people. And that affects the manner of life or what is expressed to the point that it closes the mouth of the opposers. This should be our experience, shouldn't it? I mean, certainly we always will experience persecution, but this is the antidote to the persecution. When we really see the Lord and others see the Lord visiting us in such a sweet, caring way, it just melts people. People that have such a strong argument against God, they hate Christ. But then Christ comes and visits, Yeah, melts everything. Wow. Well, as you expressed, I also am looking forward to what we have before us today. So let's get to it. Here's Witness Lee. Now, let's come to verse 12. Having your man of life excellent among the nations. That means among the Gentiles. That wherein they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by observing your good works, they may glorify God in the day of visitation. The day of visitation is the day when God will look upon his pilgrim people as a shepherd over his wandering sheep and will become the shepherd and overseer of the souls. The day of visitation is the time of God's overseeing care. The day of God's visitation is the day God comes to visit you. (laughs) How about this? Oh, God pays us a visit. Don't you feel so? He is paying us a visit. It's so evident. God comes to visit us to do what? To judge us? No. To look upon us. To uh, observe what you're doing here. Are you doing quite fine? How is everything going with you? God comes to see. Like a shepherd. Like an overseer. Eventually at the end of this chapter... You have a verse corresponding with this. Our Savior is the shepherd and our overseer. He shepherds us and oversees us. He takes good care of us. This is the meaning of the word visitation here. Well, Matt, this is sweet, it's intimate, but I like the analogy. Actually, this fall, I had the opportunity to go to New Zealand, which is uh, sheep country. And we went to this sheep farm and watched a kind of a demonstration of the farmers. And what you find out is the good shepherds, the ones who are really caring for their flocks in a proper way, they're out among the flock. They even know the intricacies or the quirks of the different sheep so often in their flock. This is the kind of care that seems is being referred to, isn't it? It is. Uh, it's really a care, and the sheep respond to that care. You know, someone told me one time that the difference between a, a shepherd and a cowboy, the shepherd leads the sheep because the sheep love the shepherd. They, he cares for him. He's with them. They follow him. But a cowboy gets behind the cattle with a whip, and he's driving them. Yeah. The Lord... He doesn't drive us. He's not leading us that way with force, but he gains us with his care and his love. Chris, I went back and looked at this word visitation in the Old Testament in Exodus chapter 4, verse 31. It says, Jehovah 
visited the children of Israel and he saw their affliction. So this is an example of visitation, not to judge them as they were there suffering in Egypt, but he saw their affliction. It's kind of the way Witness Lee described the Lord's visitation to us. How are you doing? Right. You okay? You know, kind of puts his arm around you in your affliction. And he doesn't leave you there, but he comes and he takes care of you in his visitation. And it was very meaningful to me also to see the Greek word for visitation. I actually looked it up. It's the same word as overseer. It comes from the same root word. And I I made a photocopy of the Greek dictionary here. The word for overseer is episkopos. Okay, that's Mm -hmm. the word for overseer. The word for visitation here in Peter is episcope. Yeah, same root. Same root. Uh, If there's anyone uh, who, who understands Greek better than me and I pronounce it wrong, please forgive my lack of pronunciation there. But it's the same word. To visit is to oversee. It's not to judge. Mm -hmm. And uh, even in uh, Luke chapter 1, describing the Lord's coming, it was also the Lord visiting his people. So when Christ comes, he's coming to visit his people, to care for them, to be God with us, to be Emmanuel, to care for us, not to come and judge us. And I think that's a concept that many have and even affected the interpretation of this verse in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 12, that He's coming to judge us. No, his visitation is he's coming to visit us, to see us in our affliction, to care for us, to shepherd us, to oversee us. And we're going to see more about the overseer as we go on in this program. Yeah, very good connection there, Matt, because we are kind of jumping. We're going verse 12, then we're jumping to verses 24 and 25, where this matter of the shepherd and overseer reappears. So it's implied in the word visitation. Verse 12 is really developed in verses 24 and 25. Let's read 24, and we'll go back to Witness Lee. Uh, 24 says, Who himself bore up our sins in his body on the tree, in order that we, having died to sins, might live to righteousness, by whose bruise you were healed. So much implied in this verse. Uh, I'm looking forward to hearing our brother and then coming back talking more about it ourselves. Me too, Chris. In these two verses, firstly, you have the Savior, right? You have the Savior in verse 24. Then, in verse 25, you have the shepherd. And you have uh, the overseer. Let me uh, read to you. In order that we, having died to sins, this uh, phrase, having died to sins, it means what? It means to be away, to be kept away. Here is a deep point that does, firstly, did a termination on you. The death of Christ terminated you. And this termination keeps you away from sin. No way to keep people away from sin or sins better than death, right? Whosoever is dead is free from sin. You've been kept away by what? By Christ's death. Man, live to righteousness. This is Peter. You have been kept away from sin to live. This keeping away from sin apparently kills you, terminates you. Actually, it makes you alive. So you live. You live to righteousness. We were a dead person, but 
Christ's death healed our death. Then we become alive. You see, now with this life of Christ in us, we live always with the intention, with the inclination to righteousness. You have to realize that subjective work of the cross continues in us by the Spirit. The life-giving Spirit is working, is moving within us all the time. When we call on the name of the Lord, when we fellowship with Him, you see, the life-giving Spirit works within us, moves within us. This spontaneously brings in the subjective cross to draw a line between you and the sins and to make you alive, to live spontaneously to righteousness. Mattis, I was listening there, I was back looking at a verse you and I were talking about before the program today. This is exactly the same thought that Paul brings out in Romans chapter 6. His death on the cross first terminates us. We experience that death. But then it makes us alive in another sense. Develop this thought. I don't want you to miss this uh, little passage at the end about being healed by his bruise. Well, Chris, I really pray that the Lord would uh, allow us to pack into this short time we have to bring out the light that is really in what Witness Lee just shared from this portion in Peter. Peter says in verse 24, having died to sins. Okay, we've died to sins. And literally that means we're away from sins. Mm-hmm. Okay, and Paul says in Romans 6, 7, the one that, what you just referred to, he who is dead is freed from sin. So the best way to be free from sin is to just die. Well, that doesn't mean we're going to just go commit suicide. That's not what we're talking about. What the word is talking about here is we experience the subjective working of the death of Christ in us. And every seeker of the Lord has this experience where the subjective working of the cross within will do a termination of the sin in their life. And they reach a point where they're just dead to the old life, to the old manner of life, the vain manner of life. But that death is not the end because it says, and I love this phrase, by whose bruise you were healed. Right. And so that death is not the end. But because of the Lord's death, by his bruise, we're healed. So in that experience of death to sin, there's something miraculous that happened. It's wonderful. It's just amazing that out of that death to sin, we're healed. All of a sudden, we have this desire to live to righteousness. It's a miracle. We think it's the end. In a sense, we almost want to give up hope, and we, it's like we're giving up. And then out of that situation of death to sin, there's this desire to live righteously. Mm. That's Christ in resurrection healing us by whose bruise you were healed. Watchman Nee makes the point along this line, particularly referring to the parallel passage in Romans 6, that what dies is not sin in us, it's us, so that the sin has no effect. Then it is us that are made alive in Christ. In Romans, he says, alive unto God. Here it is, alive unto righteousness. So Peter and Paul, again, by this point in Peter's life, in his ministry, He and Paul have just, it seems to me, almost converged. Passage after passage in this book of 1 Peter, we see uh, 
the same thought that Paul brings out in his epistles, don't we? Yeah, in fact, in Romans chapter 6, I think it's verse 4 or 5, he talks also about the matter of grafting, that there's another life grafted in. So we're cut. He who is dead is freed from sin, but a new life comes in through the imparting of the new life, and something comes out of it. So we're still there. It's not like we're just uprooted and gone, right? but we're organically grafted into Christ. Our God-given faculties at birth are uplifted through his resurrection life and organic union typified by this grafting. And uh, as he is so faithful to do in every portion, it seems, almost every program, he brings us to the experiential aspect of this by the calling on the Lord, which is really our fellowship with him. We call on him. We enter into uh, the experience of him within us as the this new life flowing within us. And that brings in both of these experiences simultaneously, the one dying to sin and to the world, to the old manner of life, and also the experience of being reborn, regenerated. Not that we need to be regenerated each day, but we need the fresh experience, don't we, of, of the life that we obtained at our regeneration. Well, the title Paul gave him in 1 Corinthians fifteen forty-five, he's the life-giving spirit. That's not a once-for-all experience. We need life every day, every moment. He's giving us life as we open to him. Well, let's go on. We have one verse left in this passage that we are talking about today. It's verse 25. And now out of that experience, I think 25 becomes very significant to us. For you were like sheep being led astray, but you have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Here's Witness Lee for our final portion. The Lord's our shepherd. He leads us to the right place and he guides us to the right spot. This is our shepherd. Listen, this shepherd is not outside of us. If Christ today is not the life-giving spirit in us, he's only the Lord, the exalted Lord in the third heavens, how could he be our shepherd? Right? To be our shepherd, he must be with us. Then, overseer. What? is the function of the overseer. According to the Greek word, it means one who oversees your situation and your condition. According to our experiences, this is the Lord's real care for us. He oversees us means he cares for us. It is not to govern us. It is not to rule over us. It is to take care of us. Just like the mother always exercises a kind of oversight. The mother always oversees the child. What is trouble? What is needed? What is this? What is that? A kind of oversight. He, Christ, is the life within us. And at this time, he's saving us. He's saving us, leading us and guiding us. And while he's doing this, he is caring for us. He takes care of us. He's our overseer. Peter is marvelous. Well, this uh, poor Galilean fisherman who stumbled and tripped up so many times in the Gospels, has had a lot of experience, hasn't he, Matt, of the shepherd, of the overseer, of being cared for, 
Uh, so what he provides us is a marvelous picture by now. Seems like Peter's experience, uh, like you said, Chris, uh, he made more mistakes than anyone in the Gospels. He seemed like he was always the one that was putting his foot in his mouth and receiving the rebuke from the Lord. And therefore, he experienced the Lord's care a lot. Yeah. And uh, the Lord was the overseer of his soul and and the shepherd of his soul. And this is the same kind of care an elder should have in the church. He should have the same care that Christ has, an overseeing care. This is what an overseer is. It's not a position. It's not a title. It's someone who really cares for people, who mm. cares for them like Christ does. And Christ truly cares for us. I just like this picture of uh, Christ as his shepherd and overseer. And Witness Lee's stress at the beginning of this section is, it's almost like incredulously, how could anyone say that Christ does not live in you? Because some people actually say this. They say, Christ isn't in you, only the Spirit's in you. Christ is in heavens at the right hand of God. Well, that is an aspect of Christ. He is objectively, physically, and bodily form at the right hand of God. That is a fact. But subjectively, Christ must be in us as the shepherd and overseer of our soul. It doesn't say here the Spirit is our overseer, but Christ is the overseer. In the Life Study message, Matt, I think he uh, um, makes the reference to the experience that the two men had on the road to Emmaus when the Lord came on the day of resurrection and was walking with them uh, as a kind of a picture of how he was sort of guiding them from place to place. And at each point, their realization, their revelation of the one who was with them increased. Uh, we get this experience by him being within us as we are on this path of the Christian life, don't we? What we do, Chris, and is I have a vision right now of people driving down the road having that same experience that those disciples had as they walked with Christ, that the scriptures open up to them, their heart burns within them, and there's a real care and shepherding of the Lord through that time. And it all comes through an indwelling Christ. And you know what? Our listeners right now, wherever they are in the world, we have listeners all over the world listening to this program, wherever they are, Christ is there as the shepherd and overseer of their soul, shepherding them even through this word today. Wow. Well, uh, we had uh, what we thought would be a, a sweet and an enjoyable portion. Uh, I've been shepherded and uh, cared for in a loving way and had some visitation. I hope you and all of our listeners have as well, Matt. Appreciate your being here. I appreciate too, Chris. And to answer your question, yes, I have been shepherded much by this program. Uh, we highly recommend these printed life study messages that go along with the programs each day many more examples a lot of development on some of these points is there we just are as we often say here uh, able to just sort of skim the cream off the top of these messages in the half hour that we have so we hope you'll contact us to get the printed volumes to find out about the other resources we have including the recovery version and the marvelous footnotes uh, that are included in that for all of that you can contact us toll free at 1-888-LIFE-STUDY 888-543-3788 or write to us at Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. Or visit us on the web at lsm.org. Or write to us at radio at lsm.org via email. At any rate, whatever way you choose to contact us, we look forward to hearing from you. And we hope that you'll continue to join us on these live study programs. That's all the time for today. For Matt Miller, I'm Chris Wild. Thanks so much for listening. Receive us into the
Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, produced by Living Stream Ministry. Living Stream Ministry is dedicated to the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two co-laborers with the Lord in China during the first half of the 20th century. After World War II, Watchman Nee sent Witness Lee to carry out this ministry in Taiwan. Later, the Lord led him to the United States and eventually to the rest of the world before he went to be with the Lord in 1997. Living Stream Ministry now has hundreds of titles by Watchman Nee and Witness Lee available in English, plus many in more than 50 other languages. To find out more about Living Stream and all that we offer, visit our website, lsm.org. You can also reach us toll-free at 1-888-543-3788 or email us, radio at lsm.org. Thanks for listening. What is the church? The church, which is his body, the fullness of the one who fills all in all. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 23. The body of Christ is not an organization, but an organism constituted of all the regenerated believers for the expression and activities of the head. The body of Christ is the issue of the incarnated, crucified, resurrected, and ascended Christ who has come into the church. By means of the ascended Christ's heavenly transmission, we are made one with him, and thus his body is produced. Scripture, Ephesians 1.23, and commentary from the New Testament Recovery Version published by Living Stream Ministry. For more information, visit lsm.org.